The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Let me welcome to the show Ashling and Heather. Ashling is the mother to 11 year old Charlie, and Heather is the mother to, uh, to two daughters, uh, 13 and 12 year old. And what those daughters and what Charlie have in common is that they are dyslexic. What Ashling and Heather have in common, I strongly suspect, is that they both find themselves banging their heads off brick walls trying to understand why it is so difficult to access services uh, for their kids. Ashling and Heather, you're both very welcome to the show. Um, if I can start with yourself, Ashling, uh, tell me a little bit about Charlie. So Charlie is 11 and it was in or around April last year where it was first brought to my attention that he may be dyslexic. Um, his support teacher suggested they screen him in school and they did that. As soon as they did, it was I was advised that he would need an educational uh, assessment to see if he did he was in fact dyslexic. At that point, I was kind of told by the principal and the support teacher in no uncertain terms, the road we would need to go down to get that in any sort of a timely manner would be a private road. Um, we did that. I put him on numerous waiting lists, probably about four or five waiting lists. Um, for this assessment. And in total, privately, he was waiting seven months. Sorry, he, he even for a private assessment, he was waiting even seven months. Even for a private assessment, he was waiting seven months. I've no idea of the time frame publicly because I was told, look, this is not going to happen. Charlie is 10 now at this point. He needs that diagnosis. If that is the case, they, they did know at that point he was dyslexic. And the difference that that diagnosis has made to him and his education is huge. But even in that, he was a good seven months waiting to actually have that confirmed. Can, can I ask, and, and uh, maybe I'm completely kind of uh, um, uh, wide of the mark here, but is Charlie a bit late to be diagnosed? Would it, would it not have been noticed earlier? Now, see, this I suppose is another thing where, you know, the C word comes to play, COVID. I think because of that, okay. um, I, I'll be completely honest. I, before Charlie was it was mentioned to me about dyslexia, I knew very little about it. So I didn't know what to be looking for with Charlie. Obviously, his schooling was very much interrupted as a result of COVID. So maybe it probably should have been noticed earlier on in second class, maybe third class, and he missed the mark. Charlie also has, um, well, he had a severe phonological speech delay. He has dyspraxia and he has SPD. So I'm very much aware of the failings of the public service. But Charlie presents as very neurotypical because we have been able to provide him with those services to help him. So the dyslexia wasn't something that I was necessarily looking for. And the teachers just obviously as a result of COVID weren't there to be picking okay. up on this. So so how then did it ultimately manifest itself? How, who who noted? Was it you or teachers? And what did you notice? What, what was it the was issue the for teacher. Charlie? Looking back, I can see it a mile off. Charlie hated reading. It was a huge bugbear in our house trying to encourage him to read. At one point, myself and his father bought two of a book. So we would read one and he would be reading one, trying to encourage him to use his finger, read along with us. And um, that didn't work. He he just hated reading. He would be very slow at reading. He would mix up a lot of the words. He would mix up a lot of the letters. Even in the early days of learning phonics, he really, really struggled. And I think it was just something I wasn't aware to be looking for. The teachers maybe didn't, maybe they were teachers who who weren't educated enough in dyslexia to pick it up. There's 30 kids in a class. It is difficult to kind of be aware of, of the shortcomings of one. So looking back, I do notice the challenges were there. 
Um, and then ultimately the support teacher came to me and said, look, you know, he's not reading at a stage that he should be at. His spelling is definitely not where it should be. And the drum chondra exam results. Okay. His English drum chondra was quite low. I mean, just to give an example. So the year before he was diagnosed, his drum chondra English result was two. Last year, it was five. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So with that intervention, a huge jump. Huge jump, an absolute huge jump. And it's not only in the education itself, it's also he's happier going to school and he's very much aware now, okay, do you know what? Maybe I mixed up my B and my P, but I'm dyslexic and that's okay. Yes. Um, let, let, let me bring in Heather because uh, Heather, your daughters who are 13 and 12 now, uh, they too have dyslexia like Charlie. So how did you notice and tell me a little bit about the, the journey from those maybe initial signs to an assessment and diagnosis? Yeah, but my eldest daughter, um, I noticed in her myself when she was a junior infant because there's a family history in my family of dyslexia. Um, she wasn't grasping the phonics and she was struggling really badly. And I highlighted it with the school. I told them there was a family history of dyslexia and they told me it was too early to have her assessed. So I highlighted, I had a good relationship with the teachers in the school and the resource teachers and I highlighted it with them throughout up until she was in second class. At which point she was struggling really, really badly. Um, it was affecting her mental health as in she was getting severe anxiety. She was having constant abdominal pain and stuff. She was missing school a lot because of it. So I approached the school and I asked them to put her forward for an EPS assessment. And Unfortunately, we didn't get it. The NEPS, um, the local NEPS, um, sorry, I'm a bit nervous, a psychologist. No, you're all right. Take your time. With the school um, principal, looked at her STEM results and stuff from the previous year and said she was too young to do an assessment that some children don't get the light bulb moment until they're in fourth and fifth class. And that labelling a child with dyslexia is a stigma that's going to follow her through life. So upon hearing this, um, I knew there was no point. We weren't going to get anywhere at NEP. So I applied to the Dyslexic Association of Ireland in Dublin for an assessment. Because at that stage, I wasn't even aware that there were other places and other um, educational psychologists within the country that could assess her. So we travelled from County Clare up to Dublin to have her assessed. And it was the best thing we ever did. Um, her percentile for reading was in um, the second percentile, which is really, really, really low. Yeah. So she qualified to uh, apply for a place within a school that had a reading unit, which we were extremely lucky. There's two of them available here in County Clare. And we applied for um, a place in the Holy Family Senior School in Ennis. And she secured a place for third and fourth class. And Obviously, COVID hit and she missed a lot of third class, but they were very proactive online with them the whole way throughout COVID. And then fourth class, she spent the whole time within the reading unit with the teacher, concentrating on the, the Wilson um, reading programme. Yeah. And it really, really, really turned her life around. 
Wow. Because lots of people getting in touch with kind of similar stories. In my experience, NEPs are telling schools that there's no point often in assessing a child because the child doesn't get anything extra from the identification and the waiting lists are literally years long. Yeah. And somebody else says, my son is in first class and I've been told it's too early to tell. I can't afford private and I feel so at sea. Uh, how lost or at sea did, did you feel, Heather, when you were kind of going through the system, you, you kind of identified there may be a problem with the girls. And I, I think like lots of people, you assume if there's a problem, there'd be some service there to, to, to deal with the problem, only to be told, well, there isn't. Well, we actually felt very let down by the, by the system. We felt like the education system didn't care about our children, um, about my two daughters at the time. That was very, very difficult. Like, we're a family like with four children, one income, and finding the money to pay for both daughters to be to be assessed privately, like was a huge financial strain on our family at the time. Um, but like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had it any other way. I'm glad we had them assessed because they both know they're dyslexic. They get the help that they need, and they're so much happier within themselves. Ashling. Um, you know, Charlie, with that intervention, as you say, with the Drumcondra test, he's kind of jumped up the the um, the, the the grades, as it were, um, from two up to five. Um, and parents who, whose kids have gone through will know what those numbers mean. Uh, but essentially, his 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 reading and his phonics and all of that has improved. It does leave you worried, doesn't it, for kids out there who maybe haven't had that level of intervention. It really you know. does. I'm coming at it from a different avenue than Heather. I've been down the road of looking for speech therapy, of looking for occupational therapy, and I realised none of those services are available. Everything. But whereas dyspraxia is maybe more of a, it wouldn't be as mainstream, I suppose, a challenge for children as dyslexia is. There's not three or four other kids in Charlie's class with dyspraxia, but there is three or four other kids in Charlie's class with dyslexia. And I heard Heather saying there about uh, being said about the diagnosis being a stigma. It's absolutely not. Charlie having that diagnosis has meant he now has an Irish exemption. That's something he doesn't have to worry about. He has access to assistive technology. It's only helping his education. It's it really does make a difference. So that's, I've never had that personally said to me, and I think that's terrible that it was said to Heather, but it really opens doors to help the children and give them the same education as everybody else. Uh, Heather, how are the girls getting on these days? Uh, well, my eldest daughter has started first year secondary school and she's absolutely flying it. She Great. loves it. Um, the intervention that she had has helped her hugely. Um, my second daughter is still in primary school and she's still in our local primary school. I think she's got her diagnosis. Um, she is definitely, she's getting a lot more resource time and a lot of help. Uh, she has she has access to a laptop in school and that was said in her report that she needs assistive technology. But that was knocked down by our local Seno who wouldn't grant her a laptop. But she has a laptop she uses in school and doesn't have one to use the full time she's at home and stuff. So when she starts secondary school next year, we have we have to uh, turn around and purchase her a laptop ourselves, um, because that's the way she prefers to learn. Yeah. Um, down the line in the future as well, like when it comes to exams and stuff, um, in secondary school, they don't get extra time in exams because they're dyslexic. Uh, they don't take into factor that they're slow readers. Uh, some children will have access to a reader who will read their questions, but they still have to do the writing themselves. 
and there's no place in in um, junior and leaving cert yet for them to actually use a laptop full time in their exams because a lot of them actually learn how to type. Okay. And there's other technologies that can can be used that can read the text and they can dictate your answers back in and do the puzzle for them which would be a huge yeah, help to take pressure off of children in public exams. Yeah, and listen, lots of people seem to be getting in touch with, with similar experiences of those shortcomings and some suggestions as to how they might be overcome. Uh, so many, I think we might have to come back to this uh, story. Ashing and Heather, thank you both very much uh, for joining us and sharing those details with us here uh, on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.